The material and finish choices you make can make or break a mid-mod remodel. Choose correctly, and you'll enhance your home with lovely, long-lasting materials that feel period-appropriate and yet somehow timeless, and don't overstrain your budget. Fortunately for you and me, the mid-century era we love wasn't all about the most high-end and luxe finishes. But if you choose wrong, you can make a decision that goes out of trend, wears out quickly, or just feels off. Let's talk about how to avoid that today. Hey there, welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to episode 1503, and this is part three of our Cornerstones of Mid-Century Design series running all through December. Before we get into how to create a gorgeous mix of materials perfectly suited to a Mid-Mod update, I want to ask if you fully filled in your Christmas list this year. If you haven't, well, there's no shipping time on Ready to Remodel. Sign yourself up and your spouse up for a new year of simple, one-step-at-a-time choices following the path of the master plan method to get yourselves set to actually take on your first projects in spring of 2024. You can put this present under the Christmas tree, metaphorically, for just $117 using our 12-month payment plan. And honestly, why wouldn't you? Well, maybe you'd rather have Mid-Mob Midwest design your update for you. If that's the case, give your household the gift of having applied to work with us in the new year. Sorry, the old Della can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's on vacation. Our office is closed for the week before and after New Year's, but our apply to work with us form is not closed. So fill it in and we'll get back to you in the new year to schedule our free chat to call and talk about your project. And then if the fit is good, get you signed up for a master plan method package and scheduled into our New Year's design queue. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. As always, you'll find the show notes with the other information we mentioned on this website, a link for how to work with us or to ready to remodel, and our free Mid-Century Cornerstones resource on our show notes page at midmod-midwest.com slash 1503. All right, here we go. When you want to plan a remodel for your mid-century house, what large or small, that keeps the mid-century spirit alive after you're done, you want to make sure you're following the four cornerstones of a great mid-mod remodel. And they are asymmetry, simple, playful shapes, a practical mix of materials, and the flow between spaces. Today, we're talking about what is the mix of materials that works best for a mid-century update that keeps the mid-century spirit alive in your home. So if you are watching a replay of this video, then I hope you'll grab the Cornerstones workbook so that you can follow right along. You can get that at the link in my bio, or you can go to midmod-midwest.com slash cornerstones to grab your copy. But if you're here live, hello, it's so great to see you. Um, thanks for the waves. And if you've got questions, go ahead or opinions, really. If you've got anything you want to share, go ahead and pop it in the comments. Ask an actual question, and then I'll be sure to see it and flag it, but I'm going to try to respond to everything that comes up while we're here on a live, because that's the fun of a live. So tomorrow we're going to be talking about the flow between spaces, but today we're talking about what are the right materials for a great mid-century update. And this is where I want you to start. I want you to take your cues from the house you have, or if the house you have has had most of the mid-century character removed from the house you wish you had. Let's have a shout out. Anyone want to tell me what the favorite mid-century material, what's your favorite mid-century material you've got in your house now? I will go first. It's wood. Um, I've got my original doors. I have original wood floors. I'm so lucky to have it. Wood is a super important material of the palette from mid-century design. 
The fun thing though, that I wanna talk about all through this live is how much there was a high-low mix of materials in mid-century houses. This wasn't an era that was all about luxury, it was about practicality. So honestly, the amazing oak floors that I've got in my house that will last until long after I'm dead, if no one is foolish enough to take them up, they were chosen not because they were fancy, not because they were, I mean, they loved the long lasting practicality of it, but they were chosen because that was considered a builder basic option in that era. But it was a time when mass production and machine technology was coming into the fore, so more and more standardized materials were being used. It was a little early. My house, for example, doesn't have drywall on the walls. It has um, a proto drywall product that's two foot high, eight foot long strips that were installed sort of horizontally stacked. And then the drywall installers in that moment had been the plasterers of the moment before. So they tended to just go ahead and like layer on as much plaster as you would use if you were just doing a lath and plaster wall. Uh, but my point is here, there's basically, there's sort of this hybrid, this transitional moment between craft of solid wood floors and the practicality of plywood cabinets, but the plywood cabinets of a mid-century kitchen are so sturdy, are so well built that honestly, unless you've got to change your layout, it's a tragedy to tear them out. So any mid-century character you've got in your house, I'll be saying this again and again throughout the live, I urge you to keep it. Think about if you have to move something, if you can take it out and put it back, or if you can keep something intact because most of the original mid-century materials in your house were built to last. Um, my internet friend over at the Craftsman blog, he specializes in, in an older era of houses than our favorite, but the mid-century era. He's often working on Victorian era houses, for example, but he specializes in restoring original windows. And he's constantly singing this song about how if you tear out your original windows and put in replacement windows, the replacement windows are probably going to last 10 to 15, maybe 20 years. Those original windows in a mid-century house, if you've got your original windows, they've lasted 60 or 70 years. In a Victorian house, they may have lasted 100 years. How are they holding up? Could they be repaired? This is always the question. So obviously it's your house, it's your choice. You'll make the choices you're gonna make, but we wanna keep anything original in the house that we can as a touch point. That's where we get started. So shout outs to things you can look for and love that might be original to your house that you might not even think about. The floor, the trim around the doors, the doors themselves, built-ins, cabinet doors, cabinet handles, door handles. Uh, what else? Perhaps appliances, although they've probably been replaced in the interim. But frankly, if you have a mid-century appliance in your house, like if you've got your original wall oven, it's more likely to last through the entire time you live in your house than a replacement oven that you buy today. They really built for longevity back then. Um, what else? Yeah. Here's what I want you to, if you don't have original house materials in your house, and we did a poll in the Instagram story yesterday, it was about 60-40. 60% of people who have mid-century quality in their house, they want to preserve when they remodel. And 40% people who their house has been flipped. And what they want is when they remodel to restore some of the mid-century quality to their house. So if you're in that 40%, where can you go to look for features you love. Oh, hey, Morgan. Um, great to see you there. And she's shouting out limestone fireplace. Yes. If you've got many people um, might still have the original stone or brick around the mid-century fireplace intact. And if you do, please, please don't paint white because HGTV told you to. Um, if it's white, 
I do know people who are dedicated DIYers who have managed to remove white paint from their brick or stone services, but it's a challenge. Um, this is actually going to jump ahead to our discussion for tomorrow when we talk about the flow between inside and outside. Part of that is created with windows, with doors, with openings and walls, but part of the flow between inside and outside on a mid-century home is created psychologically by callbacks to materials. So Morgan, do you have the same limestone on your fireplace that you have? Do you have that same limestone outside your house somewhere in a knee wall, in a planter, in some sort of decorative detail? I wouldn't be surprised if you don't because if you do, because this is a super common way that even very builder grade mid-century houses showed a psychological connection between what's happening on the outside of the house and what's happening on the inside. And it's really a wonderful feature. So, okay. So if you don't have mid-century features in your house, where can you go to find them? You can look on Pinterest. You can look on Instagram. You can search your neighborhood for the other original houses in your area that still have their features. Make friends with your most long-standing let's not say elderly, your most long-standing in the neighborhood neighbors, and see if you can get invited for coffee or cookies into their house. They'll tell you wonderful stories, and they'll show you the original features of their houses. Whenever a house goes on the market in your neighborhood, make sure you go to the open house, even if you're not looking for a house. You can look for the details inside them. And another thing you want to pay attention to is not just... There's two factors in choosing the materiality for your house. One, building on what's there in the house you've got. And the other is what works for you, your personal style. So um, shout out if you have taken my mid-mod style quiz. Mid-century modern is a really broad category. Modern from the middle of the century. That's a big time period. Some people have more of a tip towards the vintage in their love for mid-century, and some people like more of the mod. Are you from the 40s in your favorite era, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s? Um, if you take the style quiz, which you can get on. It's in the link in my bio. It's on my website, midmod-midwest.com slash style quiz. You'll get uh, an answer for what your personal mid-century style is and some suggestions for where to go there. And this actually makes a difference because with your materiality, with your finish choices, your handles, your hardware, and even the stain colors you choose, you'll be tipping your house towards the earlier part of the mid-century era or towards the later. And that's a choice you can make that will suit it best to your life. Um, Driftless Denise has taken it. I know you have. Hi there, Denise. Um, okay. So I want you to think about determining your personal style. And then I want you to start building what I call a style guide. Now I create these for all of my one-to-one -one design clients. And I also talk about how you can make them in several episodes of the Mid-Mod Remodel podcast. If you want to use the style guide workbook, this is another fun free resource. You can go to midmod-midwest.com slash style guide. Uh, but basically what this is, is putting together the collection of decisions you're going to make throughout your remodel. You can do it on a room by room basis, or you can go big picture and do it for the whole house. You're going to choose what are the wood types, species, stain color that you already have in the house and or what would you like to introduce? What are the types of metal finishes that you already have in the house and or what would you like to introduce? What are the types of paint colors that you already have in the house? and or what would you like to introduce? And eventually you create a small material palette that you're gonna use every time you have to make a choice, every time you choose a light fixture, every time you buy a piece of furniture, every time you choose a frame for the art you're gonna hang on the wall, you start to pull from that materiality palette and then you get this wonderfully cohesive, well-designed, coherent 
look, which feels like you had a professional designer involved in your project, even if you didn't. So when I'm creating a style guide for my clients, I'm looking at their Pinterest collections, um, at the pictures of their house, at what they've said about the way they want to live in their house to choose for them what sort of level of of hypermodern, if they're looking for a more sort of mid-mod style, we might be looking for more 60s color schemes, we might be looking for uh, bolder shapes, we might be looking for a mix of multiple different stain and grain colors. If we're going more vintage, we'd probably be choosing, you know, the classic honey blonde, um, wood stain color, pine, more modest materials, and then we would always be choosing brass, original vintage brass for our door handles, etc. I've got, can you see a handle behind me? You can't, but that's what I've still got my original door handles and I love them. As you start to make these choices for yourself, you can benefit from this fact of mid-century design, which is that the mid-century material choices were always practical. They were choosing things they thought were beautiful, sure, but they were always so choosing things they thought would be long-lasting, hard-wearing, easy to keep up, the sort of ethos of the mid-century era was to get as many American families into houses as possible. Not the biggest house ever. That's Hay McMansions of my youth. That's a different era's philosophy. And not the most sort of faux luxurious feeling, the ethos of modern HGTV design, where what's the sort of most gold spray painted finish that you can get on anything. They were looking for real solid materials that would last and that would be durable for families to grow up around. So this allows you to choose some really beautiful things. You can do teak, you can do walnut, you can do beautiful sort of high density wood grains in your house, or you can make things out of pine and plywood, and that's perfectly mid-century appropriate. You can also choose, honestly, you wouldn't choose, for example, marble countertops in a mid-century kitchen update. I often recommend solid surface white counters or butcher block counters if you're doing a budget-friendly uh, white cabinet finish so you can bring some wood grain back into the kitchen. If you want to go truly vintage, a sparkle lamb formica countertop is a perfect mid-century choice, and those are so durable, you just can't get around it. Basically, I want you to just remember that you can always hark back to the practicality of the mid-century moderns. Now, they did misfire occasionally. I would be remiss if I talked about mid-century materials without warning you of a few of the hazards that were floating around in the mid-century era and which might still be lurking in your house in that long-lasting way. Uh, you might want to check your walls for lead paint. You might want to check painted wooden window frames for lead paint. That's actually one of the riskiest spots because window frames are operated every time the sash goes up and down. It particleizes potential little bits of lead paint, which can be really dangerous, really toxic, especially if you've got any young children in the household. Watch out for that. And mid-century moderns also loved asbestos. They thought it was a really cool material. They hadn't yet realized how carcinogenic it was. Um, so they used it in insulation. It is a great fire retardant. They used it in uh, popcorn ceilings, which again, why? Total misfire. Um, and in shingles. So if you've got asbestos around the house, again, that's a material I don't recommend that you preserve. I do want you to think, though, as you're taking stock, if you're following along in the workbook, what you've got in the house already, and then choose very intentionally as you make finished choices for your house that the new materials, the new colors, the new finishes, new stone, new block, new paint, new wood that you introduce to the house plays well with what you already have. It doesn't have to be a one-to-one -one match, but it does have to be friendly. Um, here's an example that comes up pretty regularly in my neighborhood. I've 
on my dog walking route, there's another house that's just put in a new landscaped stone step going up to their front house. It's a nice graceful design. It's obviously going to be easier for them to keep shoveled in the winter and they've got a nice sitting space. The layout of it is great, but they have chosen a material that I wouldn't have recommended to them. Their house has a lovely cream brick and they chose really a very cool gray, a very unnatural looking um, stone for the steps that they're putting up. And the gray is very chic and modern right now. My house is painted gray. Feel free, by the way, to paint your house any trendy color you want. But try to be less trendy with your longer lasting materials like paver stones, because they're really, the gray of their paver stones just doesn't play well with the cream brick of the house. And it's a shame because I don't know that that's going to change over time. It may fade and, and moderate itself over the decades, um, but it reminded me of that Frank Lloyd Wright phrase that when an architect misfires, all they can do is plant vines. Yeah. This comes back, though, to matching what you've got, to mixing what you've got with the new choices that you make. And to that end, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I tell people when they're choosing paint colors, which is always test real samples in person. Get swatches of paint colors and paint them on the walls in your house. Um, if you're buying new door handles or cabinet handles, always order one unit. It's very inexpensive to order a single door handle, a single cabinet handle. Order one, keep it around, make sure that the metal on the door handle is the same or plays nicely with the metal in your light fixtures, is the same or plays nicely with the metal in your cabinet handles. As you start to put these things together, you'll create a little, keep them in a shoebox hang them on a wall, a little collection of the materiality of your home. And the more that you have these things accumulated, the less you have to worry every time you make a decision. You don't have to make that decision fresh. You can just choose to make sure that what you're buying now coordinates with what you've already chosen in the past. This is one of the reasons why I love to encourage people to think about a master plan approach to their whole remodel before they start anything other than a really small weekend friendly update project for their house. Um, if you are a listener to the Mid-Mod Remodel podcast, tomorrow's episode is all about how, even if you're planning a maintenance work project, replacing a furnace, updating your roof, fixing rotting deck boards on your deck, it makes sense to pause and take a quick master plan overview of the entire project before you dig in too deeply. And that includes this style guide, this materiality element, because when you've thought about your big picture materiality, you're not going to make a choice right off the bat that later you regret or that later you have to undo or that later you then have to figure out how to match the original features of the house with that new replacement product you bought one time, which now you're making a fresh decision as you remodel in another room. This is the way that people go crazy when they remodel. So make your life easy by creating a coherent style guide. Again, if you wanted to grab the free workbook that I've used um, to help people put this together, you can go to midmod-midwest.com slash style guide. And I'll also be, if you go to the show notes link for my blog, for my podcast tomorrow, it, there I'll have a couple of previous podcast episodes linked in there. Um, I can put them in the story right after this live, but I haven't seen any questions fly by. Let me just check that I'm not missing any. No, I don't think so. If you've got questions about choosing the materials for mid your mid-century house, this is a place that really rewards careful thought. Making great choices right at the beginning of your project means that all the other choices you make as you go along will be easier. And that's what the style guide really sets up for you. All right. 
I'm going to be back tomorrow for another live. We'll be talking about the flow between spaces, both inside your house and between in and out of your house. That classic quality. Oh, uh, Green Bites Project is asking, how do we have more MCM? I'll ask you, how much do you have now? Anything or has the house been completely flipped and stripped of its mid-century quality? Because the answer depends a little bit. It takes a minute to type an answer and there's a lag of the video right now. Basically, the short version answer is to create a style guide. Okay, you have an entire remodel totally gutted, but the exterior is mid-century and you're worried you're not adding enough MCM. This is exactly the situation. So you can start to take some of your cues from the exterior. If you have any, if you've got brick, stone, siding, board and batten, whatever's going on on the outside, that tells you your era and that tells you what's happening. Um, yeah, if you, if your house was suffering from major maintenance challenges, neglected, this could be, I had to tear out my original basement sort of like lightweight finish because it was moldy behind the walls, which that doesn't fly. So how do you bring back something? You want to think about, are you introducing enough wood product? Mid-century moderns would have put in wood floors. You could also try cork. They would have used wood trim. You don't have to go fancy. The simple ranch-based trim is very mid-century appropriate, easy to clean, easy to care for. You want to think about how, if there's any of the materials going on on the outside, if you've got stone, brick, etc., you can bring those things in towards the rest of the house and start to put, if you're building back around a fireplace, if you can't match that original brick, you might find a tile that's the color tone of the brick and put it in the same bond pattern. That is, if it's offset, use the same offset, or if it's stack bond, like a grid, you can use the same grid. You can start to pull those things together. Um... Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a couple of questions here now. I guess I'm going to last a bit longer. Um, all right. So we've got thoughts on finding MCM patio furniture, a bistro set. Do I have a go-to source? Okay. Again, the possibilities are so many, but you can go on the spectrum from full vintage. I actually got my patio furniture at an antique store and it's just powder coated, simple metal. It's very charming. I love it. But there's a bunch of sources from sort of, um, Etsy style reproduction furniture or high-end reproduction. Who's got the licenses to make some of the original mid-century furniture? Design Within Reach has some of them that's expensive um, and other reproduction mid-century designer pieces like that you can find there. Or in the mid-range you've got um, CB2, Blue Dot, uh, now you've caught me on the fly. There's a couple of others that are good for that. And then there's always just all modern. Um, if you're looking for just a general internet supplier, try to read the reviews and see if you think things look like they're going to be sturdy and long lasting. It's a shame to buy, you know, if you get original mid-century furniture, it might be a little wobbly, but it still works. And if you buy something that looks mid-century that was made last year, it probably lasts five years. Um, but some things are really well built and that's still a fun place to go. So yeah, I would say for Bistro Set, you'd probably want to check CB2 All Modern, Google around, but it's also not a bad idea to check out estate sales and to check out your local vintage supplier. And if you make friends with the owner of your local vintage store or the stand owners at your local antique mall that specialize in MCM, they might look out for something, especially for you and let you know when it comes in. They always have a better handle on estate sales and things like that than a regular amateur ever can. Uh, question about where to find cork floors. 
I love, I'm in the Midwest, and I love Green Building Supplies, which is a family-run business based out of Iowa, and they supply a vintage, a vintage type of um, cork floors that's a glue down, but they also have a click lock system that's very easy for DIY install. I'm not particular about it. I think either is great. And cork is such a fun, durable, practical, naturally antimicrobial. You can use cork in a kitchen or in a bathroom and easy to install material. It's so foot friendly. And if you use it, for example, in a basement, it even gives you a little bit of insulation, a little bit of R value um, to stop that cold concrete floor from seeping up. Let's see. I missed a couple of questions. Okay. Where to get cork floor? Uh, let's see. Somebody's suggesting not an MCM era, but L-O-L-L for patio. Had years now bought a... I've scrolled and my comments are scrolling slowly. A Palm Springs style set. I don't know it, but I'll have to check that out because I'm always looking for great new sources. My clients are always asking me and I'm not an interior designer. So specification of furniture is not my forte, but you know, I love it too. So that's really fun. Okay. I'm trying to scroll up to see a few more questions. So I'll just, let's see. What have we covered? What have we not covered? I want to make sure everyone L-O-L-L. Yeah. Thank you so much, Green Bites Project. That's great. Let's all go check it out and see if it's fun. The bottom line for making great choices for a vintage house is to feel like you're not beholden to do exactly what the mid-century moderns would have done. Think like they would have thought. Think practically. Use simple shapes. Choose finishes that are usually matte, not glossy. Um, again, that comes from the practicality. They were choosing things that would be easy to swipe clean, that would not show fingerprints, and um, get practical samples. Hold things up next to each other. And if you've got any remnant of your house, like for example, if you had to gut the inside of your house, um, you might, if you can track down the original owner's information, if you can find any photos of what was going on in the house, you don't have to match it. We're not trying to make time capsules here, but you can use that as a jumping off point. And then you can also, I should mention, source vintage materials if you can. Again, this is another, perhaps for some people, a step too far, but check out your local restore. See if you can find other people's dropped off and discarded mid-century doors, handles, light fixtures, anything actually vintage that you can introduce to a modern update will help sort of tie it back to its original era. Um, thanks so much, Green Bites Project. I'm so glad you love the podcast. I love doing it. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap now. This has been going on for quite a while, but if you have more questions about choosing mid-century materials, A, I'm going to point you to the style guide, and B, send me a DM. I'd love to chat with you about it. Yeah, Instagram DM is always a great way to get in touch with me. So you, podcast listener, please do consider sending me one if you've ever got follow-up questions about this or any episode. Or at least head over to the show notes page to find the transcript and the links to the Cornerstone Guides and other resources at midmod-midwest.com slash 1503. Since we've been talking about material choices, I will say that my very best resource for making the right choices for your style and your mid-century home in terms of materials is the live workshop I gave last spring, the Mid-Century Style Guide Clinic. In that two-hour workshop, I walk you through every step of the super simple style guide system. Of course, this is something I do for our Mid-Century Master Plan clients, and it's included as part of the Ready to Remodel program, but if this, picking the right materials and finishes, is your struggle, 
that's the resource for you. I'll drop a link to where you can buy the replay to that workshop in the show notes page too. All right, I'm going to sign off for now. We'll be back next week to talk about the flow between mid-century spaces, how you can create it in your house if you don't have it, and how you can maintain it during a remodel if you do. See you then.